Previously on Talk It Over with Pastor Troy. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. I love that quote, yes. <laughs> and Eli willfully and deliberately disobeying God. We just slip into bad habits. We we can get lazy and we, we don't even, it's not like an instant decision. It's like this slippery slope that we go down. Yes. Now here's the deal about parents is we have to make sure we train our children that they can't always interrupt us. But we as parents need to be interruptible. I know it's tough, yeah. but for the sake of your kids, you kind of, you have to do it. And uh, now's the time. There's no time to waste. There's no time to waste. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think you even have another unique perspective that people might not even fully realize that you, you have four wonderful girls, but you also, for a s- small section of years, had some boys that yeah. it was a tough situation. Sure. Um, you know, so I feel like there's probably a small subset of foster parents and adoptive parents that face unique challenges. Yes. Do you would you mind speaking to them and maybe the unique challenges that that you experienced that sure. you can speak some life into them? Sure. We we adopted. Um, well, we did foster fostered uh, three brothers, three little boys, uh, and then we ended up adopting them. We had them for about six years in our home before we realized they had mental and emotional challenges that we weren't notified about at the onset. So we wish that that CPS would have told us about that before we did the adoption. We still would have adopted, but we would have parented totally differently because with their mental health challenges that they had, it would have been, it was, it was impossible to parent the same way as you, as you parent our, our daughters that we had. So, but in that journey, we learned a whole lot about reactive attachment disorder, about, um, about uh, tendencies that kids have that come out of um, extreme trauma and, um, and terrible abuse. And, and, and so with all that together though, we had to parent differently the boys than we did the girls. And there was um, an emotional, I mean, there was seven kids in our home that were all within a 10 year span. And, and so that's, that's, that's a lot of kids. Um, and it was not easy. It was not easy to stay engaged, to use your word, um, because I felt like the disciplinarian or the protector or, you know, the, the, the guider, the constant, you know, shoring it in and making sure that everybody's on the same page. I'm sure it was extra frustrating because uh, you had certain things that were tried and true that worked with the girls for years much. that I'm sure you tried with the boys that just didn't work flopped. at all. Yeah, totally, totally flopped. And because, so what, yeah, yeah, I would assume that yeah. what, what energy you had at the end of the day, you you had even more frustration from things that had worked that no longer work, and now right. you have to rework things, and I'm sure that you were just mentally done through those years, yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot of prayer, a lot of reading, Some, frankly, sometimes a, a lot of... Uh, um, you know, you, you're covering up and we do that. Like, if I can't be successful in this area of my life, I'm going to try to be successful in this area of my life, which is exactly where I see myself in the story of, of Eli and Hophni and Phineas, his two sons. Um, I, I would focus a little bit maybe more on work or on different things because I couldn't get some traction maybe in the parenting realm. And I'm so grateful that Keely and I were kind of there for each other at, the, at that time. So one's strong and one's weak and one's weak and one's strong. And we fortunately, we didn't implode at the same time that we're aware of. We, we, I don't think we went psychologically at the same time, but we probably felt we like might that. have to bring your daughters on <laughs> yeah, and, right. and find they out the real know, story. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but no, I th- I thank you for that. And but so we focus a lot on the kids, but I want to go to another section of First yeah. Samuel chapter two, and that's uh, chapters tw- or chapters. That's verses twenty two through twenty five, and uh, and that says this. It says. 
Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to uh, to all Israel. So he, he knew about it, right? Mm-hmm. And how they slept with, like you were saying, the woman who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. If one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke, for it was the Lord's will to put them to death. That is intense, right? (laughs) I pray to God I am never in that standing with God. Um, That would not be a good place. But I kind of want to switch over to maybe the the parental side. what, what are your thoughts on Eli throughout this whole situation? Because obviously his sons didn't handle it well. They weren't doing good things. God did not enjoy what they were doing, right? And they were just doing all sorts of despicable things. But what about Eli and how he handled the situation? What do you see in that? And what are, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, Eli was a coward. He was a coward of a father, and he was a coward of a leader in his household. And the reason I say that is, and we're probably going to get to it, because the three words that it kind of drew, uh, remind me of Eli was, you know, he procrastinated, he was lived in denial, and he was extremely passive. And that summarizes Eli's life. And because he was a procrastinator, he thought, oh, I'll get to it. Um, he denied it, just this isn't happening. And and he was very passive, uh, everything's gonna be okay. Um, it comes out in these verses that you just read. Yeah. I mean, he, here, here God has just given him a warning and then he hears it from all of his friends and he doesn't respond to God's warning. He responds only because of the peer pressure around him, which is a coward, right? He's like the fear of what other people think, not the fear of what God thinks. If you're concerned more about what other people think than you are about what God thinks, something's wrong in your life. You need to get that straightened up tonight, Absolutely. right now. Yeah. Uh, Eli was more concerned about what others thought, so he goes to his sons, and you're thinking, "Okay, here it goes, here it goes. He's gonna, he's gonna give a, he's gonna give him a whooping. He's gonna yep. let him have it. It's gonna happen." As a parent, you're like, "Oh, yes, let's yes, get ready. I want to read this. Let's learn what's gonna happen. Maybe I'll follow through." And <laughs> Eli's like, "Now, boys, now, boys, knock it off." And that's it. There's no consequence. And we we read those words, and they sound pretty firm. Yeah. But, but that's there's just words. There's there was no follow. There was no follow up. And there's no consequence. There's no, and because of this, I would rather see you be removed from your position, lose all of your possessions, because I want to spare you from God's wrath. Maybe you'll learn from this. The consequences are good for your kids. Don't keep giving them more and more chances. It's not that you hate them, it's that you love them. And so when, just now, I was in the in kitty college and preschool and I did a magic show for all the kids. And I told the kids, those that behave and listen are gonna get a, a prize from me at the end. And if you don't, then you can't you can't get a prize. And one of the kids was kind of going ballistic and I gave him a verbal warning, um, but he still insists on continuing going. I'm like, no problem, you just won't get a prize. And he lost it. And afterwards he thought for sure he was gonna get the prize from me. I'm not gonna lie to the boy. And so he was the only child in that whole preschool that did not receive a prize. And I'm sure his jaw dropped and he was teary eyed and probably told mom and dad that I'm a horrible person, all of which I, ha- I can handle it, right? Yeah, um, but he needs to know that, that we love him too much to let him continue down that path. And he's just a preschool kid, and this is a good consequence for him. But as we get older, like Hoffney and Phineas were doing deplorable things before the Lord, Eli should have done something, taken some action, instead of just been verbal in his reprimand. And it's probable that he should have taken that action way in you the are past, so right right not you are just so right. i mean at that point sure he should have mm-hmm. doled out consequences that were 
you know, equal to the offenses that were given. But the fact that they even got to that point means that he had already failed mm-hmm. years and years and years ago. And I think we can just chalk that up to it being just, you know, thousands of years ago in Bible times. But I think that that, that same lesson is, is still going to this day. I agree with you. Absolutely. I think, I, I think it's especially coming out more and more in our culture. I, I think parenting is getting worse. What, mm-hmm. Do you have any strong feelings about that or what you see? I, I have very strong feelings, but I don't, I don't know that I would say that the parents are getting worse. I think the culture in which we're living in is getting extremely more challenging with, true. with technology, which we're grateful for this opportunity, but the distractions and the availability of, of portable babysitters, which are mentoring the minds of our children true. and are mobilizing them for... Um, a mission that would not necessarily be in line with what we're what we want for our kids, and then we wonder why aren't they listening to me? And so I kind of feel like, yeah, parenting is hard, and I am with you. When I would come home, it's just so much easier to put a show on uh, than it would be to to engage with my kids. I think there's kind of a balance. Maybe that's okay for 30 minutes. We're just going to sit here and, and veg, and I'm going to hold you and be with you, but I'm just going to kind of shut my mind off so that I can decompress, and then I'd be more present for you. There's balance to everything, but boy, howdy, it's a, the culture which in which we live, the slippery slope that we're on, the LGBTQ community, the agenda that is uh, oppressing us and coming against us, and I love all people, but I do not like the agenda. We're not here to to, to uh, sugar, sugarcoat it in any way. Um, what we're facing Facing, what our children are facing is very real, very evil, and very demonic. And we need to be we need to be cognizant and aware of that. We cannot be in in a procrastinating, in denial, or or passive about any of this. It doesn't mean we need mean we need to be violent, but it means we need to pay attention with our children because they're gonna be drawn and enticed down Absolutely. a path. That's the way of the world. We are going against the flow and, 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 and against culture when it comes to these things spiritually for us. And everything I feel like more and more is able to be more secretive than it used to be, you know? Good point. Under the rug. And, and I think especially as technology grows and stuff that parents can kind of get behind the times and not understand the technology. And True. And, but the kids do. And they're doing all sorts of things that the parents don't even know about. They're learning all sorts of things that the parents don't know about. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing on the parents because you can, you know, you right. grew up with what you grew up with. And there's some things that you just can't learn fast enough. And, and I get that, but there has to be some type of guardrails in your kid's life. You have to figure stuff out like that. You can't just leave your kids to the wolves, right? And, right. And, but then there's so many wolves out there. Um, so many. So many. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I am a parent and I don't envy parents these days. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, my, my oldest kid is going into kindergarten in just a couple weeks here. And uh, one, it's difficult because I, you know, spend every day with him. It's going to be difficult right. to spend that time apart. But two, all of a sudden, you know, we're, we've decided to put him in public school and whether you, how you feel about that or not, we felt like that was the, the best thing for him, the best thing for our family. It's difficult. Because, uh, yes. you know, I know what I went through in, in school and, and the stories that I hear about school these days are, are you know, so much worse than what I went through in school. I remember when I was in middle school, people would always tell me, you know, you're going to be asked to do drugs and drink alcohol all the time in high school. And, and there was, sure enough, there's plenty of that going around. No one ever asked me, though. I would never ask once. And, you know, I say yeah. praise God to that. I, yeah. I would have said no. Right. I know myself. But uh, the opportunity never came. And I just I think, 
God, what is what is my son going to, what's going to be put in front of him in a place that I'm not at, that I can't protect him during that time that right. he's going to see? Um, I got to, <laughs> not, I'm truly not cussing, but I got to parent the hell out of my kid while I'm mm. with the kid so right. that, that when they're, uh, away from me that they know who they are they know what they believe they know what they stand for yes and yes. um it's it's a lot of hard work and so i i just would say to the parents put in the work i know you're tired i know it's difficult i know you're exhausted you're never going to get another chance at this um, right and and eli didn't right he did not um i mean the I, if i go to the last part of the verse i mean it's it's pretty no one wants to think about this when it comes to their kids but what did it say it said for it was the lord's will to put them to death mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah it was too late too there late nothing eli could have done after that point and and we think for us that it's 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 um this this concept of it being too late there is a line drawn by god somewhere and we're not always cognizant of where that line is um it's not too late uh it's it, it's it's too late for us but it's not too late as we talk about for jesus Absolutely. um but this is pre-jesus this is this is god's wrath in the old testament it's this is do or die it's obey or be punished and and i'm grateful we live in the land and the the time of grace very grateful for god's mercy but he's still the same god and he still expects out of us that we would follow him why do you call me lord lord and don't do what i tell you to do jesus said right and and so I think that we need to follow through on the precepts and the commands that he gives to us. So, yeah. Good, yeah, and, good and the Bible also says, I don't remember where it is in the Bible. I know it's in the Bible that, you know, if if you know what you ought to do and you don't do that, it's sin for you. Yes. Or if you know what you not shouldn't do and you still do that, that's also sin for you. And so I think that, that applies to parents, too. If you know how you should be parenting, you know what you should be doing, and doesn't matter what the reason is, and you choose not to do that, that is sin. And so I think that we as parents need to up the expectations, not just from our, of our kids, but of ourselves too. Yeah. Um, I really Amen. do think that. But I, you concluded uh, part two of uh, God's warning system, which I've been really enjoying this, but you concluded with a quote and you said, you said this, you said, there is a redeemer and his name is Jesus Christ. And you can't but he can. And it was such a, because this can be such a, a downer passage to read because it's it, it's down, right? There's yeah. no up part to it. Um, but Jesus came along and he kind of is the up part to the story and how it connects with us and yeah. how like if we were in Eli's time, that, that would have been it. But we aren't. We live in the time of, of grace and mercy. And I say praise Jesus for that. Um, so when, when I read that statement, there's a redeemer and his name is Jesus Christ and you can't, but he can, what does that look like in your life, you know, mm. in your personal life? What what have you experienced of the the grace of God and and the fact that you can't and, and he can? Is there a time that, that really he showed himself to you in, in that kind of way? I think consistently throughout our parenting. Um, my wife nor I were raised in godly homes. In fact, far, far from it. And he deplorable circumstances in many regards many ways um, and so to draw from from our rich heritage and rich past to be able to apply that in a in a powerful way or even to sift it a little bit um, f so that we could parent quality um, it, it wasn't an option so for me I always felt like a failure 
always felt like a failure as a, as a parent. So I remember praying every every single time. I would take the kids to school for the most part in the mornings. Um, and I remember praying for them and just praying, God, would you would you bless? And I'd say, Trinity or Kyra, Tasha or Kyra, would you bless them physically and emotionally and spiritually and mentally and socially? Bless them in every way. God bless them through great friends. Dial in the good ones, dial out the bad ones. Protect them, gird them, strengthen them, and use them mightily in Jesus' name. Just, just praying over them that God would, would anoint them and, and that they would be kept from the evil and wicked wicked ways of this depraved generation which we live in. And, and I pray this prayer asking that God would be, would fill in all the gaps yeah. because there's a lot of gaps that I, I can't, but he can. And and uh, it, even today, you know, I pray that for you guys and I pray that for all of the grandkids and, and our church family. You can't, you, you, you can't. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You can't, but he can. And it sound, when you think about that logically, that doesn't sound like a, an encouraging thought. You right. can't, right? But it really is. Very you can't, so. but, but we do know the one who can, and Amen. that's Jesus. And so yes. um, before I move on, I just if you haven't accepted Jesus into your life and, and tonight or today, whenever you're watching this, and you're deciding, I want to give Jesus a go. I, w- I want to make him Lord of my life. I want to give every part of myself to him and live how he tells me to live and be who he says that I am. Um, then I just want you to put the name Jesus, just write Jesus in a comment yes. right now. And uh, I'm going to get in contact with you and kind of help you towards next steps in your in your walk with Jesus and, and, and see you through that and disciple you through this process. And so if you want to accept Jesus, or maybe maybe you did accept Jesus in your past, but you walked away from him and you want to come back and you want to uh, be in a good relationship with Jesus again, put Jesus in the comments as well. I'd love to, I'd love to respond to your comments and, and get to know you guys personally and, and help you through that process. But um, Pastor Troy, you on the talk it over sheet, you kind of gave a practical application that I want to give to the people at home. And it's something that we've done many, many, many times um, in creative worship and stuff like that. And it's called uh, a letter to God. Um, Where did you get the the concept for a letter to God? Do you remember the first time that you used it or heard of it? What's the story behind that? Boy, howdy. I'm trying to remember the, uh, I've used it in in pastoral counseling times with people before. Um, I'm trying to remember when I was introduced to it. I, I honestly, it's been so many years ago, I, I don't know that I can remember. Um, but the concept is really simple. You write a letter uh, to God. You just write a letter to God. Dear God, I need help with this. I'm struggling with this. I'm frustrated with this. I'm, I, I can't do this or I, you know, I'm, I want help. I want to be different. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. Why is this happening? Um, where are you taking me? I, I expected more by now. You just write a letter to God. You sign it your name. And then and then you take the same piece of paper and maybe flip it over or get another piece of paper. And now use your non-dominant hand. So I'm left-handed. So I'd write my letter with my left hand. But I'd use my non-dominant hand, my right hand, to write a letter from God to me. Dear Troy, I would write. And you know how it's going to look like you're in kindergarten. Dear Troy. Um, and then just allow the pencil to move. And what happens is you're, 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 you're engaging your left brain and your right brain. And I believe that there's, there's a real spiritual thing that takes place. And you're going to discover it's going to be sloppy and it's going to be not many words maybe because you're writing so slowly. But that God speaks to you through that letter. You know, can I take just a second? 
I, um, I, I was given this Bible. Uh, my other Bible had just kind of wore out. Um, and uh, well, the words didn't wear out, mind you, but the pages did. Um, and I had it for so many years. And so I got this Bible from my wife, which I know that you're, you and Trin really helped to find the Bible. And it's the Bible of my dreams. Uh, because it has almost everything that I wanted in the Bible. I know I asked for way more than I could possibly get. Uh, almost everything, almost except every- <laughs> for what was prevented by the laws of physics. Laws of physics, <laughs> yes. Anyway, on every Bible between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is a blank page. And I'm, perhaps you've heard it before, but it's there on purpose. It's not there just to separate the old from the new. It's there because it's to remind us that that at the end of the Old Testament, after Adam and Eve sinned, he processed through all of the, um, you know, the, the, the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, Joseph, all of the stories, and then you move into the, 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 the judges and the kings and the prophets, and all of those in the establishment of the nation of Israel, all of those things through the Old Testament were intended to, to God's plan to draw us back to him, but the people kept on this repetitive cycle, like you are, like I am. We, we experience the blessings of God and before long we become selfish and we begin to rebel against God. So we have God's consequences in our lives, which are because he loves us, not because he hates us. So we beg God to help us and God comes through and he restores and redeems and he delivers. But then we choose to disobey God again and we keep going around the, the crazy train. And, and, and um, the blank page is to remind us that, that um, God, God said, I, I withdraw. For 400 years, God was completely silent. He didn't, didn't say anything. And the next thing we hear is the cry of the wail of a baby some 400 years later that Jesus is born and redemption comes to the earth through him. When I was a school teacher, <laughs> before I became a pastor, I spent all semester in this required class teaching my students to try to make sure that they were ready for the final examination. And I would teach them, I'd let them ask questions, we'd do worksheets, we'd do exercises together, we'd practice together in the classroom in this subject that I was teaching. But when it came time for the final examination, here's, here's the process. And you remember being in school or maybe you're in school now. All right, put all your books under your desk. Uh, the only thing I want out on your desk right now is a number two pencil. And I want you to put everything else away. And uh, then I would pass out the tests. And when they were done, they had to bring the test to me and put it in the basket on my desk as I watched them take the test. But they could try to ask me questions, but I wouldn't answer any questions because the time for questions is over. This is test taking time. And for some of you, you might feel like God is silent and God is far away and you're not hearing him very well. Could it be that you're in the blank page? Could it be that you, you've, you've been trained and you've had the experience of the Old Testament, the prophets and the, and the kings and the judges and the priests, and you've had all those experiences of church and the lessons from God's word and the lesson from the preachers of God, the lesson from the online experience that you're getting, and now you're not hearing from God and you're frustrated and you're discouraged. Could it be there's a pencil in your hand or on the desk in front of you? Could it be that God is trusting you, that he has already trained you in full righteousness, that he has equipped you for every good work, and right now he's silent because he wants you you to take the test because he has full confidence in knowing that you're going to pass this test. So trust the Lord. Give your life completely over to him. Know that he has never left you nor forsaken you. He is he's telling you, I am right here. He's never left you and he never will. So with that in mind, you can have confidence that you don't have to procrastinate. You don't have to deny where you're at. You don't, you don't have to uh, live in a place of passivity. You can wake up. You can uh, grip the plow, catch the wind of the spirit, stay grafted to the vine and be used by God in a mighty, mighty way. Praise God. 
Wow, thank you, Pastor Troy, for that amazing, amazing word. As a reminder, I want your homework this week. I know I we're assigned in homework. I want you to do this, is I want you to write that letter to God. And so, like Pastor Troy is saying, get a piece of paper on one side of it, use your dominant writing hand to write a letter to God, and on the other side of it, write a letter from God to you with your non-dominant, non-usual writing hand, all right? Um, it's a powerful, powerful exercise. Um, I know Pastor Troy is obviously a very big proponent of this. This exercise he's done it for years and years and it has just changed a lot of people's lives and and so i want to see what god speaks to you through this letter i want you to come back next week and i want you to let let me know what that uh what that letter did for you and what what god ended up speaking to you well pastor troy i want to say thank you for joining us tonight well, it was a pleasure to have you would you mind uh praying over the people yeah mighty mighty god thank you thank you for your grace and your mercy thank you lord that you have given to us uh, the choicest, the most blessed, uh, the most sacred uh, aspects of life you've given to us influence and the ability to train up our children in your ways, uh, the ability to influence next generation. You've given to us responsibilities. God, God, you've given to us responsibilities so that we can glorify you in them. So I pray that you would help us to get our priorities in line. I pray, God, that we would take this message, this teaching, this time uh, together, and we would fully engage in this. That, God, okay, what is it about my life that isn't right, that needs to be corrected? And then we would take the courageous step to make those corrections, knowing that it's not about trying, it's about relying upon you and your spirit through our relationship with your son, Jesus. God, help us, we pray. I bless, Lord, every single person, man, woman, boy, and girl, that is listening or, or watching this now or, or in the future. And we ask that your blessings rest upon us, God, as we truly long to serve you and to live for you. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, speaking of prayer, tonight at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we would love for you guys to join us on Facebook. Search New Life Church Network on Facebook, and we're the one with the three red hexes as our logo. And every night, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we pray as a church network over all of our needs, all, all of the praise reports, and anything that's going on in our country, in our world. We just want to pray together every single night as a church. And so we, we do that every single night. And if you have a prayer request, please submit those at our website, newlifeca.church slash prayer, or you can always put your uh, prayers in the uh, prayer requests in the comment section, and I'll make sure to get those and add those to our list as well. And as another quick reminder, if you are a part of New Life Church, then God has asked you to give to his kingdom through the ministries here at New Life Church, and it is through your faithful partnership that we're able to do this ministry as well as every other ministry that we do. So to partner with us financially, you can go to our website, newlifeca.church slash give and give one time or reoccurring gifts there, or you can text the word online to 209-647-3878 and follow along with the step-by-step -step prompts there. Let me read one more Bible verse to you guys tonight to encourage you before we go, and that's Matthew 6, 33, and it says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I pray that that verse encourages you as we dismiss tonight. All right, New Life, I'll see you guys again soon.